From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. This indeed is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to welcome in Marcy Green, who is the principal at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton School right here in Elk Grove. Uh, Marcy, good to have you on the program again. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Saw you the other night uh, with your husband at the... uh, Bishop Gagos Maternity Home Dinner, supporting was, a great cause. It was, and it's a wonderful time for me just to recognize just, um, just how many people in that room have been such a special part of my life. Really? Um, yeah. It, 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 just, it, was, um, it was very interesting. It was, um, it was just heartwarming. Um, people I hadn't seen for a long time mm-hmm. and um, just happened to be there. So um, it was it was a wonderful night and, and definitely a great cause. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I ha- I had the same feeling of seeing people that I hadn't seen for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, a, a, number, a number of them clergy. I mean, I was telling a story about uh, my interview twenty three, almost twenty four years ago for the Bishop's Hour, and one of the priests who was in on the interview and there he was in the room, you know, uh, Uh Monsignor uh, James Murphy. And then Father John Bull, who baptized my two oldest children years ago. Um, um, Monsignor Kidder, who uh, grew up in Woodland, right, right in our, (laughs) in our home territory. And uh, um, my, my wife actually worked with him uh, when he was at Holy Trinity and, you know, just all these faces of people that you've run into over the years and there they all are and father madigan i mean how many mm-hmm. how many times have and, and father michael kiernan how many times have you run into those people at events well i don't know if you know that we went to st joseph's in clarksburg um and and that was our home parish for oh over i didn't know that years. no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and father madigan is um, as I've told him before, even publicly, almost like a second father to me, mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, for all those years with our kids being young and, um, and just the support that, um, that he gave our family and just my beginnings in teaching. I, I started back the religious education program at St. Joseph's that had been, um, had ended and we, Father got us some trailers from somewhere, and mm-hmm. we gutted them, and that was what we taught uh, religious education out of, and uh, we had a, a church that donated old books, and um, and that was my start and uh, my passion for education, and that was, oh my goodness, uh, 1994 maybe, mm-hmm. something like that, so... Um, that was the start of my journey, and, um, and so Father Madigan is, is a big part of my life, and then, you know, all the other people at St. There's a lot of St. Joseph people there that just have been little grandparents to my kids. Mm-hmm. We moved away from home, and it was just uh, my husband and I and our kids, and um, so, you know, church becomes family, and uh, our, there was a lot of our family there. It sure does. It, it, church becomes family. That's That's exactly right. You know, I know... Anytime we have friends or relatives uh, visit us from far away, one of the first places I take them is to St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. I say, let's go for a ride <laughs> and mm-hmm. get up on that levee road. And then, uh, oh, it's like a little slice of heaven. You go down the little hill, and there it mm-hmm. is. And you just go, there's a church here? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's just so beautiful. The setting there is so nice. I remember one time uh, our whole family went to it. It was one of those Lenten fish fries. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure I felt like I was sacrificing very much, mm-hmm. but it was, and it just happened to be Father Madigan's birthday at the same time, mm-hmm. and and oh, it was just it was and just what a what a wonderful group of people that was there. I think the Knights are putting it on, you know, and mm-hmm. and I know they've had a real food program right there at St. Joseph's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mark Splinter. Mark Splinter um, lived there. You yeah. Know, that was with mm-hmm. uh-huh, Richard White. Richard White. So, yeah. so yeah, big part of of our our background and and our family. So yeah, 
was it was a wonderful evening. Felt really good. Yeah, and and what a what a wonderful cause. You know, I I tell people about that group, and I say, you know, I don't care where you are on the abortion issue. These people are providing choice, mm-hmm. real choice, to mm-hmm. people in probably the most difficult circumstances you can imagine. And, and real support. And they need the, our support. support. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they, they want to have their child. You know, nobody's twisting their arms, but people are, are walking the extra hundred miles to help them so that they can do that. You know, and look at what those people have, those oh. people, I say people, these women have been through, um, and and the hope that they create for them is, is amazing. And Paulette um, had the opportunity to even know her prior to her going to the guidebook. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... It, just a just a wonderful wonderful group of people that have uh, and I feel blessed to have been exposed to all of them you know and mm-hmm. and and be able to to bring one of my daughters to it and and, mm-hmm. and have her well she's she is quite um, the the staple and and the the worker and the she's her service has been amazing for for the Bishop Gago's home so you should be proud of her oh I am I, I really am and that's it all comes from her you know it's I mean that's mm-hmm. self-generated she came home from college and the first thing she, well it was before she came home but she said when I come home this summer I want to volunteer at Bishop Gago's mm-hmm. you know and so yeah she's she's special so yes she is so speaking of special mm. um, your school <laughs> you your school Oh my goodness! I we could not be happier. Our our theme this year, uh, uh, the legacy that the principal prior to me left was that uh, our mission effectiveness team came up with a theme every year to um, say embrace because this year actually it is embrace joy, and we are looking for joy in all things, seeking God in all things. And, um, and I just, we are blessed with such an amazing staff. Uh, I know that the profession is struggling right now to find people who, um, who want to teach, who want to be part of education. And I have to say I had positions to fill and that trust in God just, left them all with the right people in place and um and and it just i don't even know how to describe the the feeling to know that um you know when you turn it over to god and you just you're not sure you know multiple aides that either became teachers or left and um and then um, teachers and down to um a, a partnership that we have i don't know you've heard about the grove Mm-hmm. Um, the Grove is a youth ministry group in Elk Grove that is a ministry of all three parishes, just like our school. And so we're lucky enough to have two of the young people who are youth ministers also on our staff. So what a wonderful partnership mm-hmm. with the parishes. We started out the year with a retreat, and um, we had members of the parish staff uh, along with members of the Grove staff, along with our uh, teaching staff on, on retreat, and or actually not our, only our teaching staff, but all of our staff. And, um, and just, you know, you can just feel God's presence. It's, it, it's, it's a wonderful position to be in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, I, I, my heart goes out to those principals, both both Catholic schools and public schools that are still looking for people to fill those positions. Mm-hmm. So, so is uh, are, are there are there uh, lots of positions open still? Um, in the Catholic schools, we've been really networking to find those mm-hmm. those people, and I think I think we're doing a pretty good job. I was at a leadership meeting yesterday, and nobody mentioned that that there was a, you know, a super struggle. Mm-hmm. But I know the public schools have reassigned people who were not necessarily classroom teachers to classrooms to make sure classrooms were all covered. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. And 
is that is that still an, a, a, a byproduct of COVID? I think I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I think we're also seeing um, over, I would say, the course of the last five years. I think the recruitment hasn't, and I'm not saying Catholic schools. I mean just teachers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the recruitment hasn't been there because I think there was a flood of. Teachers probably about 10 years ago so then that it's cyclical I've seen it over my 25 years in education that you know you get they're overloaded with teachers so people don't go into the profession and then very quickly you find a shortage and that's happened I think three times that I can remember yeah. wow so tell and us about your, no, go ahead we had 15 principals turnover mm-hmm. this year so that also caused a shortage with teachers because many of them moved into those roles. So, so they turn over because primarily they're retiring. They move. I think it was a a, a lot of things, but um, this is not an easy job, and and a lot of the <laughs> I can't the people even imagine who started uh, in a principal role during COVID, I think it just, it hit them like a ton of bricks. Yep. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, so we actually worked in a meeting yesterday to kind of talk about what can we do to, um, to lessen the burden and mm-hmm. how can we do that? So, so if, so, if somebody, uh, if, if the Martians landed and, uh, <laughs> and said, Came marching down to St. Elizabeth and Satan and said, uh, you know, take me to your leader. And, and they, they put you out there and they say, OK, who are you? And you say, well, I'm the school principal. And they say, well, what it, what do you do? What's oh, my goodness. What's the principal's Every day role? it's something different. I'll bet. You know, yeah, it is. It is never I don't I've learned to to come to work not thinking, OK, I'm going to get this done today. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I'm not complaining about that because I think um I've come to learn that that's, it's a blessing. It's, it's those, those interruptions for things that, that are just needed. Mm-hmm. Um, the school year is well underway, and so with five weeks in, I'm starting to get some, some discipline. Um, we've got kids that um, have come to our school, uh, a lot of kids from public that are looking for something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to go into that too much, but are just not pleased with uh, the curriculum, let's say, that's being taught in public school. Mm-hmm. But those kids missed out on a couple of years, and so finding creative ways to catch them up. So, you know, we do a lot of teacher meetings. I am blessed to have um, my second-grade teacher who went into the role of a resource teacher, and so she has been and will be amazing in that role to help these kids get to where they need to be. Um, like I said, I just we are blessed because everybody's where they need to be, and um, we were able to pick up two. I, I'm, I'm tangenting now, but two two male teachers to teach technology that mm-hmm. you know those boys now have that influence. But you know, it's not only the the things that come day to day in the in the church itself, or excuse me, in the in the school itself, but also the relationships with the parish and um, and facilities maintenance. And um, though I have, I'm blessed to have a facilities manager. Uh, you know, still knowing what what those inner workings are. And um, I mean, it could just go on and on. So you are an administrator. You are a religious leader. You are an instructional leader for your te- for the teachers, and um, and then you know then the finance piece. Mm-hmm. So it's it's running a small business, and I, you know, again I, I keep saying this: God God knows your path, God knows your journey. And um, before I even went into teaching, I was a business major, mm-hmm. and then when I went into teaching, I taught elementary, I taught middle school. And so he knew my path, I think, before I even got here. And all those things all work in my favor to help me with those pieces. So, and then, again, blessed with an amazing staff that can pick, pick up any ball and run with it. So, so as I know, you understand. Oh, yes, yes. So how, 
<laughs> how much of your job is troubleshooting? Uh, just something just completely, oh. you just didn't anticipate this at all? Pretty much all day. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, my door is always open, uh-huh. and, uh, and and it's a constant flow. People just coming in, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you mm-hmm. think of that? And, um, I'm learning to deflect it back and have them answer some of those questions. But over the last couple of years, there just weren't answers. And it was really talking through a lot of things that we never in a million years would have anticipated having to um, circumvent in a, in an, you know, an educational setting. So, um, so I think we're past that. And I think there's a lot of joy in knowing that we can get back to quote unquote normal. I mean, even down to faith families at church, Mm -hmm. um, at mass which we hadn't been able to do for years, and buddies, and all the things that you can just see the joy in the teachers being able to be together. So, so are there... And we have a teacher in the Catholic school department, so mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to say that as well, that the tone is set well from on high. Yeah, very definitely. So are, are there things that were put into place initially because of COVID, that now have just become standard and will not be changed back to the good old days? I think so. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny for us, and and the one that keeps coming up is, um, you probably know this, but Catholic schools are notorious for their car lines. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were doing car lines before public schools were doing car lines. And St. Elizabeth never did car lines until COVID, but we found a way to do it and do it really effectively and efficiently. And um, to some people's disdain, we, we kept those that were working. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, I'm trying to think now. I, I ha- I'd have to, I'd have to really kind of think on that one. That's the big one. But I think also the one that stands out the most for me is. I, though COVID was difficult with everything that had to be navigated, there was that sense that of family and making sure that people took time for family and not working too hard, finding that balance. And that is something that, that I've taken away and said, you know, there's a certain time of the day that I need to stop and I expect my teachers to stop and the weekends are for family and, um, so I think that's a good thing, and I hope we all hold on to that. We talk about that a lot in Mission Effectiveness. How do we um, keep that sense of um, not getting too busy again? Because there was that time when, you know, we weren't doing all the extracurriculars and all of those things that become such a distraction in our lives, even though they're keeping us busy. They're a distraction from family, I think. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense, but but I think that's one that we've talked about a lot. In terms of, uh, you know, kids eating in the cafeteria, kids eating at their desks, uh, you know, the the old six feet of distance and all Uh those things, and did any of those get instituted permanently or have you been able to go back? We've been able to go back. I think the thing that is instituted permanently is a more diligent um, you know, making sure the kids are washing their hands mm-hmm. and keeping things clean. But I can't say that that wasn't the case before. before yeah, um, yeah. But, but I think it's just a heightened awareness of that. Um, I think we also have to be careful, though, that, you know, if you don't have any germs, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know being a teacher for so long, I was. we were just talking about this today, that um, I, I have to knock on wood here, but I think I've had the flu once. Um, I think I had COVID, even though I never tested positive. But mm-hmm. other than being around kids every single day for the amount of time that I have been, that's as sick as I have been. And and I think it's just because, you know, you're constantly exposed to germs and you yeah. let your body work. Um, I know not everybody can do that and they have special, you know, needs, health needs. But um, but I think we have to be careful about that, too. You know, we gotta we got to let our bodies be able to, to fight off some of this stuff. Yeah, I right? think <laughs> I, you're exactly right. You know, I've... Um, I've <laughs> I've never been so well as since I've had little kids, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, you're constantly wiping noses and 
being sneezed mm-hmm. on and when they're little and and you don't even think about it. I mean, your your mm-hmm. whole attention is on the kid and yet never caught any of it. Right. You know, and I think it's good. Like you say, you get so exposed that you you, you build up an immunity to it. And, and like you say, though, it's not it's, it's not not for everybody. And uh, but it's uh, it, it's the truth. So. There was, there was, I, I know the even nationwide, and especially here in the Diocese of Sacramento, uh, enrollment was up in Catholic schools over the last uh-huh. year, and you know yeah. some of that was attributed to people were, you know, uh, unhappy with COVID regulations, and you guys managed to stay open and all that. Um, but the retention of those people has been quite striking, hasn't it? Absolutely, because I think they've had an exposure. Well, for me personally, I didn't pick up a lot of kids that year that that we were doing dual instruction uh-huh. because we were trying to make sure that the classrooms were, you know, we had that six feet distance as much, as much as possible and, and wanted to honor the people who had already been here. Right. Um, but last year we picked up some those for for the most part, like you said, have stayed. This year we've picked up quite a bit more, and not necessarily for COVID. Again, I think it's um, this sense that, um, you know, we want to have a little bit more control over the values that um, that our kids are exposed to, and I don't, you know, without getting any judgment calls on that, I just, I hear that. And, um, and we are as full as we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the highest enrollment that think we've ever had wow uh, talking to and that's without overfilling our classes which is really difficult not to do um and you know father father michael vaughn who is our pastor Mm -hmm. we've talked about like how do we not turn people away and of course we refer them to other catholic schools because if they're not going to go to school here we'd rather them be in another catholic school um and you know, we've talked about how do we expand, what's the, um, uh, you know, feasibility of doing that, because we're in a good place where there's not a lot of schools around us, but at the same time, we're in a great district, so I don't know, I don't know what that's going to look like, but, um, you know, I'd love to be able to expand, but I also don't want to, you know, outgrow I, I think I think we're it, it's hard it's a hard thing and it's going to take a lot of planning but um, but I do see Catholic schools growing I think the only the only drawback is um, you know not being able we talked about this yesterday as well you know not having the choice not having parents be able to say hey I want to use my you know taxpayer money to, right. to send my kids to Catholic school because. Um, you know, it is less of a burden on the public school, so we should be getting some credit for that. Um, but I don't know in California if that will that will ever happen. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting that whole argument. You you, know, you say, well, okay, well, one day um, <laughs> we're going to close all the Catholic schools. We're going to close all the Catholic hospitals. Catholic charity, uh-huh. Catholic charities and social concerns is going to close down. The Sacramento Food Bank is going to close. Um, the Sacramento Life Center will close. They won't be giving ultrasounds or free diapers uh-huh. anymore. We're just going to close uh-huh. it all down and just see the turmoil that uh-huh. would be out there. I mean, the, the, the public schools wouldn't be able to handle it. The hospitals wouldn't be able to handle it. Uh, we'd have people starving in the streets. Uh-huh. And... And yet, and it's not that we want pats on the back, but we would like some fair recognition uh-huh. uh, in terms of of the value of of what's being done here. And I mean, we, uh, we've taken an enormous. I mean, I don't know the dollars and cents, but um, it cost. I, I think I saw the estimate was uh, in a public school. And I don't know if it was just high schools or what it was. It was around fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a kid uh, per uh-huh. year, and uh-huh. and so that's you know you multiply that by however many kids are in the Catholic schools in California, you come up with a pretty high number. Uh-huh. And that's well, and, and we're still paying taxes though, which we're 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 happy to do. We know it's it's choice. We 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 willingly send our kids to the Catholic schools. We know we know the rules and the regulations. 
but uh, I don't I don't understand why a a, a voucher type system gets into a liberal versus conservative, red versus blue, all that. I don't know, understand why uh-huh. everybody doesn't feel that that's kind of a good thing. Well, I also, you know, as you were saying, cost to educate kids, we, in our schools, we educate kids at such a lower cost. That's right. And I'm not, you know, I, I mean, we we pass a lot of that on to the, the families because obviously we don't charge what the cost educate sure. the kids is but i'm just noticing i mean it's a struggle and and steve my husband and i are blessed and it's it's a struggle when you go to the grocery store for yep. us yep. To, the, to the gas station and and all of that takes away from their ability to be able to to pay for a catholic education especially when you've got multiple kids and yep. so you know what's the solution so we're working through that too yeah, I mean it. It is. It's. It's. Uh, you know, in, in in the best of worlds, it's it's expensive. But now you're right. I mean, it's like, yeah. I'm it's, just. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I notice even I, I I I love to go to Costco. I just love to walk through there. You know, and and mm-hmm. it's amazing. Things that I'm used to buying for X are now like time and a half of what it was. Mm-hmm. It's still still a bargain compared to. Uh, but you, you just go into the grocery store and a loaf of bread, six bucks, and you're going, whoa. Well, and, and you walk away with three bags, and you go, oh, my goodness. I, I know. Get a grocery cart. I remember one day going in with one bag, and it was like $86 or something, and I said, you got to give me more bags for $86. You just, you just have to. I didn't have, I didn't have a ribeye in there or anything. You know, it was right. Like, wow. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's so all those things are you know impact, and so you say, you know, what are the from day to day? It's you know, it's balancing all of that. You know, running really running a business. Um, you know, making sure that um, that that the employees have what they need to mm-hmm. also be able to sustain their families, and um, so it's. But you know, again, I. I just have to keep saying it. God, God provides. You just got to have that faith and it happens. You know, you, Marcy, you told me something during COVID that has really stuck with me that, you know, how did you guys, you know, close on Friday and (laughs) reopen Uh on Monday? I mean, you reopened school. You didn't reopen the physical plant, but you reopened school. And Uh you said, because our teachers, it's, it's mission. It's, mm-hmm. they're not just, yep. they're not just, it's not just a job to them. It's a mission. Right. Right. Yeah. And, right. and it is. And, and I think that's why we're blessed to have the people in the positions that they're in right now. Um, and, and, and even our young people that are aides or, you know, training to become teachers, they're here because they want to be part of a Catholic system. And, um, and it only helps me do my job better. And so, again, it's that confidence in God that he's going to find the people, the right people for the right positions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all fit together in this big puzzle to create something wonderful. And and I think people feel it when they walk on our campus. Um, and I think, you know, not just ours, any Catholic school campus. Sure. And, um, and it's, it, it, it gives you hope. You know, so so if you if you could expand at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, were you talking about the physical plant expanding as well? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have any any buildings to expand. Um, In fact, even our parish um, has just become almost a. uh, The vision is kind of a, a mega parish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and having opportunities for everyone that that needs them, and um, connecting um, all of our ministries and and our ministries, we're just ready to pop back open again. And and so even having you know rooms for them to meet and um, places, we just we don't have the space. Um, we have the land, but we don't have the buildings. Mm-hmm. So so trying to figure out exactly you know how we do this. Um, 
I've, I've noticed, you know, it's, I know in my home parish, St. James, um, of course, we didn't have a school when I was growing up there, but somebody had the vision. They have the land. You know, it's, it is. Uh-huh. And, and I've noticed that with a lot of schools. I've noticed it, especially in uh, Elk Grove. My uh, my old, my youngest son, who's a senior in high school, is on the volleyball team. And I, I think every single game is against a, a high school from Elk Grove. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and it's just it's mind boggling. I mean, I remember Elk Grove when there were elk there, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and one high school, Elk Grove High School. And now it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it'll be Monterey Trail or somebody, and I'll go, I'll say to my son, where is that? He said, Elk Grove. You know, mm-hmm. oh, okay, of course, it's in Elk Grove. So I know, I, know the, I know the way to Elk Grove very well. Well, I don't know if I, because I, you know, I worked in Elk Grove Unified for 16 years mm-hmm. before I came to Catholic education. And, um... So there were three high schools when we moved to Elk Grove in 1991. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I started working for Elk Grove Unified in 1998, they said that at that time there was, oh gosh, I'm going to get the numbers wrong now. I want to say 30,000 students wow. in the Elk Grove district. And they were anticipating by 2010 that there would be 60,000 students Hard in Elk Grove. And I think, I think we've surpassed that because we've opened many, many schools since then. Yeah. Um, I don't think we made it in 2010 because of the recession, but now we're 12 years past that, and, and I'm sure it's we've far surpassed because, you know, I don't know if you know that we moved, but we moved out to Wilton, and so my commute is um, a little bit broader now, and I mm-hmm. I see all that expansion. Yeah. Um, so. Wow. Yeah, I, I think there are nine high schools in Elk Grove now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah. it's, I, I mean, I remember it was the, the uh, it was a, a few years ago they had the uh, vocations dinner at at Good Shepherd. And, mm-hmm. and they had it again this year at, at Good Shepherd. And I, I remember driving with one or two of my daughters to to Good Shepherd. And I think it was the first time I had been there. And we came, came through, you know, we came down, I guess, Elk Grove Boulevard or Lagoon or when I took I five and then headed headed mm-hmm. east and, and and here's the the uh, welcome to Elk Grove city limits sign and it said population mm-hmm. like a hundred and seventy two thousand and I went mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. that's a that's a major city that's bigger than Stockton uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's, I I couldn't believe it yeah when we incorporated it was I mean not even a hundred yeah but when we moved to Elk Grove in ninety three. Um, we moved to Sacramento in 91, Elk Grove to 93. Elk Grove Boulevard didn't even go to I-5. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it's amazing. Well, Wilton's nice. That's that's a nice area. Yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed. It's nice to, to go home and feel, ah, you know. <laughs> a little elbow room. Yeah. yeah. My in-laws um, have moved in with us. Mm-hmm. Um another house on the property so it's it's been a blessing oh that's wonderful well marcy it's always a joy to talk to you i always get inspired uh i know what good hands all our kids are in and uh thanks for all your great work and thanks for taking the time to be with us today of course you'll have to come by and see what the school day looks like so you have a better picture of i would love i would love to uh can i come at lunchtime of course that's my favorite time yeah (laughs) That's what the kids say when I say, "What's your favorite part of it?" Recess. Recess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I I will. I will come down there. I would definitely will. Okay. I would. I would love to see. Uh, we would love to have you. We'll would... roll off the red carpet for Mr. Dunning. Oh, that will be <laughs> that will be wonderful. We'll. I'll, I'll get a hold of you and we'll set a date. Sounds great. Great. Great to talk to you. Thank you again for letting me um, come on and, and be a part of this. Marcy, thanks so much. God bless you and Steve and your family and uh, all the kids and teachers there at uh, at uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That's uh, Marcy Green, who's the principal at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton School in Elk Grove. And, uh, one, you know, just one of those reasons that, uh, you know, a Catholic education is in, in good hands. Uh, and I do. I remember it was about two years ago during COVID when she said, you know, 
we they March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. What, what was that? Gabe, two two thousand and twenty, I believe, two years ago, two and a half years ago now, uh, it was the sort of the magic date where COVID just it was like became in the consciousness and uh, in a, in a big way. It had finally hit the schools in a small way, but but just even one or two cases. And it was just like everything just shut down all at once, the Catholic schools as well. And by Monday, the Catholic schools were back open, not the physical plant, but online. By Monday, all those teachers, all those administrators, all the principals, all the people, uh, uh, superintendent of schools, and on and on and on, uh, and and the bishop involved in it. And uh, at the time... uh, uh, Lincoln Snyder was the superintendent of schools here in the diocese, the director of a Catholic schools, and just everybody pitching in, figuring out a way to go online on Monday, <laughs> three days later, and on the third day, they opened the schools. It's just mind-boggling. It even it's even uh, biblical in terms of Friday to uh, well, and this wasn't Friday to Sunday, but it was Friday to Monday. So it's just really, really, really remarkable what they what they were able to do. And as Marcy said at the time, and and uh, I just mentioned it to her again that that they were able to do it because the, because the teachers all believed in the mission. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, for that wonderful introduction, and thanks for all the great work uh, you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Of course, uh, Ministry Days is coming up on the uh, at the end of September, September 23rd and 24th. The 23rd is for all the Catholic school teachers. Yeah, the kids get a day off. And then on the 24th is for all the rest of us. It all take place at uh, St. Francis Catholic High School. Some great speakers coming in, some great workshops. It is a wonderful day to network with a lot of other Catholics. Um, probably the biggest, one of the biggest uh, Catholic events uh, uh, in the country uh, in terms of on a diocesan level. And uh, the uh, uh, all takes place at St. Francis Catholic High School, Saturday the 24th. Go to ministrydays.com to sign up and to learn all about it. Well, we go up the road, uh, up I-5, and we're joined by Laura Carrillo, who is at uh, the great uh, uh, parish, uh, Holy Cross. Uh, well, it's a, a Sacred Heart in Maxwell. Uh, Laura? 
Good to Hi. have you with us. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Uh, do you pronounce it Carrillo or Carrillo? Well, it's um, or, uh, Carrillo, if we're going to go. Okay, you know, very if we're good. Be technically correct, but, you know, I, I go by Carrillo, Carrillo, you know. <laughs> oh, well, we'll just say Laura. Yeah, we'll stick to that. <laughs> so, uh, so um, Sacred Heart in Maxwell, and then the Mission Church is Annunciation in Williams and Holy Cross in Arbuckle, uh, all in uh, Calusa County. Uh, tell us about your role there. Well, um, I've been a member of the parish since we first moved to Arbuckle in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of forced to join the choir when I was a, <laughs> when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, but yeah. I, I, this has grown a part of me, so I was, I was in the choir for many years, mm-hmm. and now I actually, I've been working at the parish office for three years, and I am the head, I am um, the, our, our youth ministry leader. Oh, very good, very good, very good. Yeah. Did you have a youth ministry when you were a youth there? You know, um, when we would have visiting, uh, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this word, this word in English, seminaries, seminaries, mm-hmm. seminarians. Seminarians, yeah. Um, they would, they would uh, we, I remember one in particular, he started a youth group, and it was, but it was mainly, it was just Arbuckle, it was just an Arbuckle youth group, and I do remember having um, lots of fun, and then... A couple years ago, I know that in Williams, they, they started trying to do a youth group again. And so so me starting the uh, youth ministry, it was going to be our third, our third attempt in the parish. But this time I tried to open it. Instead of just limiting to, limiting to one town, I opened it to all, the whole parish. And, you know, I try to rotate each month when we have our monthly meetings. Um you know, we, I try to to rotate the, our meetings in Arbuckle and Williams, and hopefully soon, if um, whenever we get a new building in Maxwell, hopefully I can start involving Maxwell as well. Very good, very good. So, Sacred Heart is one of the historic parishes in this diocese. So I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, been there. I think I think over a hundred years. I don't not exactly have the. Uh, the founding. I believe that the parish was established in 1910. Oh, wow. But our churches have been here a little longer. I don't know the exact date, but I know that Arbuckle's been here since the Arbuckle Church has been here. Well, maybe not this exact church. I'm pretty sure they, they were built this church, but I mean, we've had a Catholic church in Arbuckle, Williams, and in Maxwell, I'm pretty sure before the 1900s. Wow, that's just that's just a, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, the Sacred Heart of Maxwell. I'm looking at the. Uh, uh, the they don't have a, a listing of the date. At least I can't find it. But uh, I know it. I, I I believe they had a hundredth anniversary uh, celebration. Uh, couple, yeah, I oh, was. Oh. At, I remember that day. I was still in. I was still in high school. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That was a while ago. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> we won't. We won't ask you. Oh, here it is. 1910. You're right. You were right. 1910, <laughs> and it's the Sutter Butte Deanery. And uh, um, you know, there's a there's a shrine. I can't even remember. It's 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 on the road between uh, uh, Dunnigan and Calusa. There, I on on uh, I think it's Highway Forty Five. Forty Five. You say Forty Five. Highway Forty Five. The little yes, shrine uh, right there where they had the Our first. Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows, and there you know you can open the little door and that's all. There's no church there, but it looks like a front door to a church. You can open the little door and light a candle, and it was where the first mass in Calusa County was said, and I think it was, oh wow, like eighteen forty five or something. Really, really long time ago. But a beautiful, beautiful shrine. You know, I've lived here for almost 21 years, and I've never actually stopped to buy and look at it. Oh, you have to stop. You have to stop. It is, it has, you know, it has the little olive trees around it, and I think a couple of orange trees, and it's just out in the, out in the, pretty much the rice fields. Um, 
but it's right off the road, and you just pull off. It's just kind of dirt and gravel, and and you walk up, and you, I'm always surprised to find that the door is open. But you, there's not a church to walk into. There's just the, just the, the sort of the rack of candles. Not even a rack of candles. Just I think candles that individual people, mostly with Our Lady Guadalupe on them, um, have uh-huh. have put there. And uh, every time I'm with somebody that's never seen it before, we pull over, and it's 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 very inspiring. You know, I'll have to I'll have to stop, you know, and it's funny, like I said, we've lived here for twenty one years. <laughs> I've driven past that building so many times yeah, yeah. and I've seen pictures, but I've never actually, you know, said, you know what, let me pull over and see what it's all about. <laughs> well, to, you know, Highway twenty that connects uh, Williams and Calusa, it's ju- I think it's just south of that on forty five. Not very maybe a mile from Highway twenty, south of of 20 on 45 and you, you yeah. and it's well you know where it is it's it's yeah. worth it's worth and i hope all our listeners are taking notes because uh and if if you if you aren't and you want to know where it is send me an email uh, my email and my phone numbers are all on the scd.org the diocese website and i'll tell you how to get there because it's it's inspiring and first time i came upon it it was like i thought no that what is this you know, and I have to pull over. I had my little kids, four little kids with me and my wife, and and we, we got out and, you know, said a prayer and took in the surroundings. And um, it's, you know, and then read there's, there's a little plaque there, you know, about the first first mass in Calusa County. So they're in uh, uh, Maxwell, Williams, Arbuckle. It's really the, the, the heart of the, the Catholic Church in Calusa County. And, of course, uh, our Lady of Lourdes over in the in the town of Calusa, along with the great school over there in in, in Calusa, um, a lot of faithful Catholics in the uh, what starts to be the North Valley, and it's not quite that far north, but a little bit north. And so, tell us about this wonderful baby showers that you and your group have put together. Well. When we, when we first started the youth ministry, the youth group, or the CYG, as we like to abbreviate, um, I started this is in August of last year. Mm-hmm. And in December, I remember we started talking about, um, I was telling them about the upcoming Walk for Life in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I explained why, as, and I was trying to explain to them why as Catholics we are, we are pro-life, and... Um, you know why we believe why we believe and we were having a conversation about that and I, I was telling them like i would love i would love it if we could go like you know i hope you all get to experience the walk for life because i've been i mean again again i went as a high school student to the walk for life mm-hmm. i've been there maybe i've gone maybe two or three years but it's a, it was a beautiful experience and i was and that's what i was trying to communicate to to the and the 14 kids that usually show up to these meetings. And our pre- and our president, because we have our, our elected youth leaders, our president, Kimberly, after after the meeting was over, you could just tell, you could always tell when she's thinking something. Mm-hmm. She always has something in her mind. And, and she comes up to me, she's like, well, you know, I'm not sure about this whole, um, she, she, what did she say? Something about, because she, she didn't agree with protesting. She was wondering if we could do something else instead of attending the Walk for Life. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, Kimberly, it's not a protest. It's more like a, uh, and I just kind of said quiet. Well, I guess you could say it's a peaceful protest. There's no violence in this whatsoever. So she kind of got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? You know, in a way, Kimberly, I could, I could, I could, I have, I could see the point that she's making. You know, why, instead of it, you know, it's not just saying, you know, it's not saying, it's not just saying we are pro-life, but the actions, our actions should demonstrate that we are pro-life. You know, you can't just say I'm pro-life and do nothing. And that's what she's like, why don't we do, and she was like giving me this, like, like collect all these, and like, you know, she's throwing ideas, and then the other leaders kind of started throwing ideas, and that's when we came up with um, the, baby, the baby project, the baby mm-hmm. It changed the, we changed the name so many times, the baby shower, the community <laughs> baby shower. We changed until at the end, we're like, you know what? The baby project kind of rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. 
nicely. So that's what you call it now, uh, the baby project? The baby project was kind of like the last, it was the last thing we mm. settled on. <laughs> but you can change it next uh, week if you want to. Yeah, we, pro- we probably will. Next next year is going to be something else. You know, you know what? This rolls out, it rolls out the tongue a lot nicer. Yeah. And, <laughs> but as of right now, we've been calling it the baby project. And with the help of our community and our, our Catholic community and um, local businesses, we were able to collect, um, you know, baby clothes, bottles, bibs, um, diapers, wipes, like, a lot of essential, a lot of basic baby essentials, and um, we had a, we had a businesses donate donate money to our cause. So me and me and the me and two of two of our female leaders, we were at Walmart. We were at Sam's Club buying diapers, buying um, baby wash. We were buying all sorts of things, you know that we that we that we would say that they're they're necessary items. And we were kind of worried that no one would show up just because this is something so new. I think we were just kind of, we were all kind of being a little negative, like, no, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. And I was like, no, no, you can't think positive. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. With, you know, this is going to have a good turnout. In a way, I was nervous as well, but I wasn't going to tell them that. Next thing you know, it's a Saturday. It's June 18th. It's Saturday. And I was there. Me and Kimberly were there decorating early. The other leaders came along. We, were, we decorated the outside. And it was almost 9 o'clock, and I'm like, well, there's no one here yet. So I told them, okay, I'm just going to run up to the store real quickly. I'm just going to get some stuff. You know, I, I think I took, like, not even 20 minutes when I got a call from them. They were frantic. There's so many people here. Um, what do we do here? What do we do? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what do we do? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I am. And I, I'm like, don't worry, I'll be right there. And when I get there, we have, like, so many families in there. By noon, I think four hours, not even four hours later, we had, we had almost nothing. Wow. The whole thing was empty. Wow. And, and which, which, <laughs> uh, which town did you have it in? In Arbuckle. In Arbuckle. We, we had it in mm-hmm. Arbuckle. Yeah, just because the hall there is a little bigger, mm-hmm. and um, and that's and that's where the hall is separate from the church. Because in Williams, the hall is connected to the church, so it w- that would have been a little harder for us to clean and have everything ready before the seven p.m. Right. mass. Right. <laughs> so we had it in Arbuckle, and it was a it was a great turnout. I recognized people from Calusa, Maxwell. We had done again. We had people from all over the county. Boy, that that is that is so wonderful. And uh, for those unfamiliar, Arbuckle is the the furthest south, and then Williams, and then uh, Maxwell, all like stepping stones along Interstate Five, uh, all about ten miles apart. Uh, Arbuckle just over the county line from uh, Yolo County. Wow. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> wow. This is, and I'm I'm looking at the pictures and. Um, some of the people uh, who were helping out that day, uh, Laura Rivera Torres, Kimberly Rios, you, Laura Carrillo, of course, Andrea Rivera, Alejandro Santana, and Aiden Beltran. Wow. And all high school students. All high school one, students. Adam, he is an eighth grader. And they're all, they're all over at Williams High School, I presume? Um, actually, so... Our Arbuckle, so or, or Pierce, Alejandro, maybe. Adam, and Laura are Arbuckle, and um, Williams, and our Kimberly and Andrea are Williams. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to see the the two. You know what what we are considered in football or in sports. You know that our schools are rivals. And right. Back in the year, back years ago, you know our schools wouldn't even get along. You know, just sure. Oh, that person's from Williams. That person's from Arbuckle, and just because they were from where they were. <laughs> No. And the, the school and in Arbuckle is actually called Pierce High School, I believe. Yeah, Pierce High School. Pierce and I'm, Williams I'm High School. And then uh, <laughs> uh, in Maxwell, you don't have a high school as far no, as I Oh, yeah. Know. I think it's just, uh, oof, I, I hope no one from Maxwell is listening. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know the name of the high school. I think it's just Maxwell High. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's great. That is that is just great. And so are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it like once a year or how are you going to do it? We, we are planning on doing it 
planning it for once a year, but this time we are going to do it in the in January. Our plan is to do it in January, which is the you know the month that the you know that is dedicated that we have the Walk for Life. We want to do it in January just because in June 18, that was the day before Father's Day, we, and then um, the church in Arbuco they had their in Spanish we call it like a kermes, they had a soccer tournament. And they were selling food, and then the youth group had a stand, had a had a game booth there. And then that night, we went to the vocation dinner. Mm-hmm. So it was a very very busy weekend for us. So we decided to t- to move it so we could have a <laughs> so we're not that tired anymore. <laughs> so did you did you come to the vocation dinner down here in uh, at, in Sacramento? And, yeah, was it Elk Grove? It was at uh, yeah Good Shepherd in Elk Grove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We that same night, you know, after we just cleaned up and you know we just brushed our hair real quickly and you know what, let's let's go to let's go to Elk Grove and and we went to Elk Grove thanks yep. to the um, to the Knights of Columbus here in here That's in right. I, I remember that night well because we honored a lot of altar servers. Yes. Yes. Um, I didn't know you guys say that. You, I mean the that the vocation. Uh, that's what they did there, or else, you know, I would have probably sponsored one of the of some of our altar service mm-hmm. to go as well. But it's good to know for next time. Well, Maybe next next, uh, next year's is already set. It, it, I don't have the exact date, but it'll be in June again, I believe, and it's going to be at St. Paul's in Sacramento. Oh, okay. So, uh, just on Florin Road in Sacramento, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys, uh, seeing you there, and we'll honor all your altar service from up the valley. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, it's yeah, it's so it's such a and if you'll keep in touch with us, I would love to uh, when you when you have this event, I would love to come up and uh, witness it. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I will have to keep you up. I'll have to keep you updated on that. Very we good. Haven't, we haven't started talking about it yet. We just know that we want to do it in January, mm-hmm. and we kind of have an idea how the changes we're going to make. But we hope that it will still have the same great outcome. Oh, you will, you will. Uh, when yeah. you when you're doing the Lord's work, uh, you you've got some helping hands. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Laura, uh, such a joy to meet you. Thanks so much for all the great work you're doing there, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to our paths crossing in January. Well, I look forward to it, to it too. Great. Thanks so much, Laura. God bless. That's, uh, that's uh, Laura Carrillo um, up at uh, the Youth Minister, Sacred Heart Parish in Maxwell, uh, which is a very small town, and then Annunciation in Williams, which is a, a bit larger and growing, and then Holy Cross in Arbuckle. All, all of them right, right, hard against uh, Interstate Five as you as you head head north uh, up the valley towards uh, toward Reading. So about about. 50, 60 miles north of Sacramento, uh, to give you an, an idea, and about uh, uh, 90 miles south of Reading on Interstate 5. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about Uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. To the cross I look And to the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing Oh, it must save